with just a week to go before the kickoff against Rutgers, I asked you all for some questions, and boy, did you and you asked some great ones. On today's show, I'm going to get into all of them. I'm going to get into some of the things about BC football, recruiting, all the good stuff that you want to know about. You asked, I will answer on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Hey, folks, this is AJ Black. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Locked On Boston College. On today's show, it's a mailbag time. And, you know, we have a week to go before the start of the season. I asked for some questions. You guys gave some great ones. And I'm going to go through as many as I can. There were so many good questions. Um, I might, I probably won't have enough time to go through them all. And if I forget yours, I apologize. Just keep asking. I promise you I will get to them. First question comes from our friend John Kane on Twitter, who asks... Um, which coaches coordinators are a flight risk after this year? I have to think if the D plays great, Tem might get some head coaching buzz. Yeah. Tem Lokobu is definitely going to be a name. That's going to start to buzz a little bit. I still think he's a year or two away from getting head coaching buzz though. I think he's a guy uh, who's on the rise. I think it's just going to take a year or two more from BC because yeah, he's got some good defenses, but you know, other programs are going to look at the defense as a whole and look, okay, he hasn't been able to really get any pressure on quarterbacks. He hasn't had a good rushing defense. Um, maybe not yet. I think that's the kind of thing with Tem Lokabu. For me, I'm going with the guy that the picture's up right now. That's Azar Abdul-Rahim. And the reason I keep going back to him is he is the associate head coach right now. And you see what he can do as a recruiter especially in that rich DMV area, those schools like St. Francis Academy and uh, you know, the Virginia schools, there's a bunch of great programs out there and he has great connections down in the DMV area. There are going to be a, there's got to be a program that can pay more than Boston college. That's going to offer him a role that will get him out of his spot at BC because I, I I do think he's happy here at, at BC, but there's going to be a program that's going to pay him because they're going to want to be able to get into those schools to get guys like, I don't know, Michael Van Buren, who's going to be one of the top um, recruits in the, in the country in terms of quarterbacks next year. And who's got a better relationship with that school than Azar Abdul-Rahim. So for me, we all know BC's reputation. We know what they can do. I think he goes before, Lokabu goes. I think he's a big, he's a bigger um, candidate to go. Looking at the offense and defensive side of the ball, otherwise, I don't see anyone that is, um, you know, on the rise up yet. We need to. It all depends on the season too, though, right? If BC goes out there as a top twenty-five team, their defense soars. All the stuff that I just said about the last year or so doesn't really matter. You know, coaching staffs and. And uh, administrators have a very, very short attention span. And they're just going to go, oh, that defense was great. Let's hire Sean Duggan. Uh, that defense, that offense was great. Why don't we go for, you know, Steve Shimko to fix our quarterback situation? That kind of stuff could happen if BC has a big year. But just kind of 
you know, generalizing. I think my pick would be absorbed over him, which has been my answer for the last three years. But that's a great question. Now, our next question has to do with uh, the freshman. Stephen Donahue asked, um, sorry, st- not Stephen Donahue asked, someone wanted to know about, and I think it was actually John Kane, wanted to know what about some of the freshmen? What, the big freshmen to watch for. Yeah, it's John Kane again. What fabulous freshmen to keep an eye on this season? Um, I'm going to go with Joseph Griffin, the, the second here. Uh, he's been the name that, that's popped up over and over again over the summer. Big 6'4", athletic freak at wide receiver. You pair him out there with a Zay Flowers or a Jalen Gill, and you're causing all sorts of matchup issues. So for me, on the offensive side, freshman-wise, I really want to see what um, Joseph Griffin can do. On the defensive side of the ball as a freshman, give me Sione Hala. Sione Hala is a versatile linebacker safety hybrid who's listed as a, as a linebacker right now, but he kind of fits that mold of Jaden Woodbay. And BC is really, really into, um, you know, versatility, guys that they can move around, guys that can line up in the box, go back into coverage. They can do a whole bunch of different things uh, to beat a opposing offense. So I think Hala will get out there faster. I'm not sure how they're going to use him, but you know, I, I, I expect him to be a guy that isn't redshirted, that is out there, that plays four games at least, and will be a name that we're watching for next year as a starter after Widby and Maitre both graduate. So that is another great question from John Kane. Now, uh, our friend Chris, who always asks questions about the tight ends, um, it was actually not him that asked this at this point. I apologize. I had all my questions, and I, I kind of lost my – my uh, my sheet that had them all on it, but uh, someone asked me about the tight ends and I apologize. I don't have the name in front of me right now, but they wanted to know this year, if the tight ends would be used in passing situations or just in run blocking. And the answer has to be that they're going to be used for both. You're going to need run blocking in there. Uh, they're, they're, those tight ends are going to have to play a, a pivotal role in terms of uh, being able to slow down. Sorry, John, it's John Kane again. John Kane had so many good questions. I, I'm going through them all. This is his last question of the day, though, I promise. Um, George Takis, I think, will be able to get some passes. I think that Joey Lucchetti will get some passes. That being said, they're going to need to block. You cannot just have a one-dimensional tight end out there because you need guys that can support that offensive line and really be there when they need it because there's going to be passing downs where you have tight ends out there that are in there to to run the, to support the the pass or when it's a pass uh, you know a running attack they need to be out there blocking so a good tight end that can block is going to be super important and that's why you know Jeremiah Franklin may be a, a, an exciting name that's been popping up as a freshman out of uh, out of camp but sometimes that blocking scheme doing that as a tight end doing all those little things you need some experience and that's why Takis and Lucchetti to me seem like slam dunks um, and I think, you know, when you, when you look at what they can do, what they can offer, that's going to be much more pivotal than just having a one dimensional player. Okay. Now in a moment, we're going to get into some more questions. I am going to look at, uh, some questions about Ta- uh, Taji Johnson, um, Shirzies, someone wanted to ask me about that. And I got a whole bunch of other things I want to get into in just a moment. Now, Bet Online is 
the number one easiest way and fastest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Make sure to head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, locked on Boston College here, we are going through our mailbag and there was great questions. You hit us up on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC and on locked on BC. So Chris Davis, who I said, asked the question about the tight end. He did not. He, it's, his, it's his favorite joke to make, but it wasn't a question he specifically asked. He said, and this is the second week of asking this question. I apologize. I didn't get to it last week. What is the best plan to get more hits, a meaningful game experience to prepare him for 2023 and hopefully not QB 21 for 20 QB one for 2022. Tom O'Brien famously had his QB two play the first series of the third quarter, which I don't necessarily think was great for every game, but at least provided experience. So I've kind of touched upon this a lot. Um, and I agree, I agree that there needs to be a plan to get him some experience because he cannot just go into practice and, 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 um, sit sit with the twos he needs some he needs an opportunity to really kind of push himself out there get some experience so you look at the schedule and there's at least three or four games where he's going to get the opportunity to play i look at games against duke maine yukon and then another game like rutgers or syracuse or another game where bc could run away with it and unfortunately there might be a game two on the other end where bc's getting pasted Maybe a game like Clemson where they just can't stop the offensive line. You need to get Emmett Moorhead in those games. You, If they're winning by a lot, if they're losing by a lot, they need a chance to um, get out there and play. And this, to me, is important for him to get that experience because I've watched BC football for a long, long time. And, and the last 10 or so years – of watching Adazio and how he manages his backups was, was always maddening to me because I'd watch and every time there was a game that was out of control, it felt like he just cut the playbook and then had him just run, you know, you know, halfback draws over and over again until they punted and then just try to, end, you know, really try to rush to end the game. Now you don't want to show up your opponent but you don't want to waste opportunities to get experience for your players, to be able to read what a defense is doing, to read coverages, to see how you react when those things happen. And I thought Adazio did a terrible job of doing that because it, it was always a waste. So when you're beating UConn by 30 points or you're beating Maine by 25 or whatever it is, get Moorhead out there, let him use the playbook and let him get some snaps let him try to run the offense. Don't just have him hand the ball off. Have him do that. Now, the caveat on the other end, I said, if they're getting killed, is if BC's offensive line is going get, to get him killed, then be careful. We do not need Emmett Moorhead getting smushed. But, you know, if there's a game where, you know, they're down by a lot for some reason and, you know, the, the opponent is, is kind of laying off the gas, then maybe you get a chance to get him in there. You, you, even if it takes a few lumps, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I think it's utilizing the game time that you have to really get them the, the snaps that he needs. All right, great question. And then 
uh, Abe Ataya, I think it was Abe Ataya, asked me about the freshman running back. Oh, no, this, sorry, this was, I'm doing terrible with my uh, attribution of questions here. Stephen Donahue asked, are any of the young running backs showing that they can be explosive? I think both running backs that they have, Alex Broom and Cam Barfield, are both have all the potential in the world of being explosive. You know, Barfield and Broom both come from big, big time programs, top 10 in the country, Lipscomb Academy and uh, Bishop Gorman. And they both were on successful teams. And both of them had humongous numbers their senior year. They were able to really rack up a lot of yards. And this, this, uh, you know, when you play with a team like that, you could just run past bad teams. But these, te- these, you know, programs played good teams, and it has translated into practice. When I got a chance to talk to Savon Hoggins and I talked to Pat Garwo, they talked about both of these guys as being. Very ex- athletic, very explosive. So I'm not sure that they will play this year because remember, Pat Garwo is explosive too. We saw we saw some uh, hints of that last year. I think with an offense like Jakovic, with Jakovic back there, you might see more of it. But I also think that these two kids are going to be explosive when they get the chance. And you know, are they going to play next year? Are they going to have a chance to to show that off? Maybe they'll get some snaps, but I, I'm, I still think you know you have Alex Singfield, Garwo, and um, Xavier Coleman in front of them. Unless there's an injury, I don't expect either of them to play. But it's a, it's a physical position, right? Any of those three guys could go down. It's happened, I feel like, every year since then. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of them plays. If it was me betting, I would bet Alex Broom at this point, just based off some of the things I've read and, and talked to. Uh, but both of those guys I think they could both be explosive. Now, in our final segment, we're going to get into some of your questions about football again and heading into uh, out of camp. What about Taji Johnson? He's a name that's popped up quite a bit. This is AJ Black, locked on Boston College. Your team every day. We are your only Boston College podcast that does this every single day if you want boston college news as the season starts please continue to listen to us hit subscribe on youtube or follow us wherever you get your podcasts now the ultimate college football preview is here it's a seven episode preview with college experts local team experts and odyssey college football insiders it's everything you need to be ready for the college football season all in one spot search for the college football preview on your odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts now, I'm not, I didn't put the image up here for this particular question, but hey, Jeff Lee wanted to know, if I was to buy a jersey, which one would I buy? Well, first of all, uh, or what jersey I'm going to wear during the season. Well, I, I go to the, I go to the, I'm in the, um, I'm in the press box and I think I'd get probably some, some bad looks if I was wearing a jersey in there. Uh, but I will be going to at least one game and it might it actually might be the Rutgers. You might have Mitch covering the, the Rutgers game because I just the timing might work. If I was to buy it, let's just say if I was to buy a jersey for my son, because I don't really like to wear jerseys anyways. If I was to buy one for my son, I would go with Zay Flowers every single day. And here is why. I have said all along that after he made that move to go back to BC, after he turned down that six figure de- deal for whatever program that was or multiple programs that offered him that BC and their fan base needs to rally behind him to financially support as much as they can. So these jerseys, a cut of them are going back to the players. I asked BC about it. 
they said, you know, it's within NIL regulations. I don't know what that means. They're not going to tell me. That's fine. But the kids are getting a cut. So by buying a Flowers jersey, you're giving a cut to a kid that has proven to be everything that you want at Boston College. So for me, it's him. Second would be Gunnar Daniel because he's number 69, and I think that's the funniest jersey in the world. But I think those are going to be going all over the mods at this point. So um, that's probably not the best spot for me to get that. But um, I thought that would be – those are my answers. Now, there was a question, and um, I'm going to try to get it the best way that I can. There was It was a little bit um, – it was a little confusing, but I think I got it. It says, um, BC has been getting better. It's just from text, not because of Texas. BC has been getting better at getting non-alumni into alumni over the past few non-COVID years, but has, for the most part, struggled to do so. My question is specifically about away games. As a non-alumni myself, I haven't found many resources to ensure tickets to the away fan sections of away games. Do you think there'll be more resources for fans, both alumni and non-alumni, for away game experiences, not just tailgates, but right night before meetups and tailgates. I'm in space coast, Florida. There's a lot of fans willing to drive to, to Atlanta or Miami. All right. So uh, the question basically is asking, will BC step up for away games? I mean, I've been a BC fan for years. I haven't seen them make any effort. Not, not that they haven't made any effort, but I just haven't seen anything change here. So would I say that they're going to change it? Unless I heard otherwise, I'd say no. Um, but you're right though. I think it's a good point. You know, BC focuses very hard on their home games and even the bowls that they've had. I mean, they did a great job with that pinstripe bowl a couple years ago, getting local fans to go to those games. There is alumni all over the world uh, from Boston college and they want to go to these games. So, you know, I, I think a, an emphasis on that. And I love the idea of tailgates and all that stuff. You see what the, the alumni charters do like the San Diego alumni group and Chicago and New York, they do a great job of, of rallying those groups up, but I'd love to see it you know, like a focus at the games, that would be, that's a great idea. Like, you know, how do you get, you know, a big BC tailgate at Clemson or whatever you're saying there. Right. So I think that's a great question. I'm not sure they're going to do it, but I think it's a good idea. All right. Next question was about Taji Johnson. And this was from a Bataya fan club. What do you think of the idea of using Taji Johnson to draw physical corners and safeties away from Zay? I think he could beat up on weak and smaller coverage. And I think just think he could open up things for Zay if Halfley uses him in the right way. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. And so you got to do something to get some of the physical corners off of Zay. And it's, if it's Taji, if it's Joseph Griffin or a tight end, you need, I mean, that's why Hunter Long was so, so, um, so good out there was because you can't cover everybody. Right. And you have to make choices when you have a guy like Zay Flowers out there. Who do you cover? And a lot of times if they if they focus too much on him, a guy like John uh, Hunter Long or even, you know, Jalen Gill or 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 Jaden Williams can get out there. But I think you bring up a good point. You can also beat up on smaller wide receivers. And if you and we've mentioned this before, when you look at the wide receiver group that BC has, they're all on the smaller side. Jalen Gill's like six one, you know, Jay Zay Flowers is under five feet. That's uh, yeah, under five feet. Under six feet. Jaden Williams is under six feet. You need a big guy out there sometimes. And I am very interested to see what Taji Johnson can do when it comes to game day situation. Cause we've heard about his practices. We've heard, and you know, I always I was mentioned, I was I pinged Mitch Wolf a couple days ago. Uh, when it, when they when they released the pictures from practice, every single picture 
from Taji Johnson, other than the one that I have up there right now, is of him making like a fingertip catch, like, you know, stretched out, you know, five feet behind him, because that's what he can do. We haven't seen that in the game situation yet, though. Will he be able to do that against other ACC cornerbacks is a question that I think is, is worth asking because we just haven't had a chance to see it. If you haven't seen it, you can either take the word that it's going to happen or, you know, have to wait to see the results on the field. So I think that's a great question as well. And that, that wraps up all of our questions that we've had. And thank you all for, um, for asking the things that you did, because there were so many, um, you know, you guys were, you guys all re- you know, got your questions in and all that good stuff. This is our last show before game week. Guys, we made it. Summer is over in terms of, you know, fall football camp stuff. On Monday, we talked to Mitch Wolf about Rutgers. Later this week, we have Rutgers writers on to talk about Rutgers. We give our previews on the Scarlet Knights. Guys, this is going to be a fun week. I hope, I hope you guys are all getting ready for it as much as I am. Um, me too. How about an in-depth look at the class of 22 camp progress? Hey, I've got something for you. Might me too. Great question. Yeah. He wants to know about the class of 22 camp progress. season prediction of playing time. I have up on Eagle insider that exact same thing right now. And if you haven't subscribed already, it's only a dollar for the first month. I gave you all of the red shirt predictions for the class of 2022 who I think is going to play based off of things that I've seen, heard, and talked to other p- staff and players about. It's all up there on the website. Um, it's in depth. And I've had um, season predictions about depth charts. It's all up there. So I don't have I don't have that right now. But if you want to check out that website, Eagle Insider, part of the 247 network, I have it all up there for you. I hope you all subscribe to Locked On BC here on the YouTube channel. I will get into more discussion about football next week. We're getting into that Rutgers discussion. Follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Again, at AJ Black underscore BC. I will give you all the news and updates here and on there. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Take care.